Welcome to Inspiration Narratives, a short series of conversation highlighting creatives from underrepresented communities. In honoring their work and creativity, we take a deeper dive into the times, moments, and influences that encapsulates why these creatives do what they do, and if, how, and where they use their medium to celebrate the cultures they come from. These are the stories that need to be told. This is Inspiration Narrative. I know the exact moment, time, and place where the thought of being a photographer entered my mind. It was, I believe, the year 1998, 1999. I saw the movie Love Jones. I fell in love with the characters. I fell in love with their interactions with each other. And Nia Long played a photographer. And for some reason, um, I just wanted to... And then, of course, uh, his name was Lance. Uh, what's the guy's... Um, the main character, I forgot his name. Lorenz Tate. Tate. Yes, Lorenz Tate. He was the uh, author, um, and it was around this time. I'm also from Philadelphia, so it was a combination of that movie. It was a combination of being heavily involved in like the Dirty Backpack Click, which included artists like Blau, Jill Scott, uh, Floetry. So I was very much into that scene. Um, and essentially, I wanted to be a Renaissance man. That's what it was. Um, after seeing that movie, I just like I just loved everything about it: the poetry, the photography. Um, I just wanted to kind of like be that, that was like my inspiration. Um, so that's where the idea and that's where the spark started. Once you bought that camera, thinking about that, when you were, when your mom bought that camera for you, when you graduated high school. So once you actually started immersing yourself into it, was there a moment that kind of confirmed and said like, okay, I know that this is what I wanted to do, but now this happened and this is confirmation that I need to be a photographer and stick down this path. That moment did not happen um, until I was a full-on adult, um, actually around three or four years ago. The journey leading up to that moment was very um, interesting, to say the least. Um, so when I went in, I, I got my camera when I graduated high school, Um I went to Lincoln University, but then I dropped out and, well, I didn't drop out, I'm sorry, I transferred to the Art Institute of Philadelphia where I actually studied photography. But at this time, it was uh, way before social media, websites weren't fully developed. So, um, so I had no context with what a photographer, the life of a photographer really is. I just knew that at that time that I liked taking pictures. Um, and during this time, I was very good at it. I was um, always the the example of what other students should uh, be working towards. Um, but then, again, I never knew that it could ever be a business or I could do this full time. Um, again, because I didn't have any outlets. I didn't have anybody who I could really talk to and connect and see and like kind of mentor me and guide me through how to become a photographer. So I switched my major to marketing. Um, and I've pretty much been doing digital marketing and advertising for all of my adult life. Um, I, so I graduated Art Institute of Philadelphia. I moved to Atlanta. Um, and at this point, I put down my camera. Um, I wasn't shooting at all in Atlanta. I was doing digital advertising. And I spent four years in Atlanta. And then 2009, I moved to New York. Um, still, photography wasn't necessarily something I considered. Um, but once I've always been an Android user, <laughs> so once Instagram came to Android, 
I made a conscious choice to not just take selfies, just not take pictures of my outfits or whatever. I was like, let me just use my camera to take pictures of people. Um, so I started taking flicks and people will always ask me, what camera are you using? I'm like, I'm not using a camera. I'm just using my phone. So then a friend of mine, um, uh, Kenneth and Jovell, they had a blog called The No Names and they wanted me to take pictures of them using their camera. So it was a T3i by Canon and I shot it. They loved it. And that's at that moment, that's when the spark came back. Um, but still, I never considered doing it full time or even considered like doing picking it up as a hobby. Um, but after I shot that, I bought that T3i um, and that was like my first official camera that I bought. So then I was working at different media outlets doing digital advertising, um, specifically ad operations. And in ad operations, there's nothing creative about it. It's very it's very analytic, analytical based. Um, like it has a lot of I'm, in Excel all day, reporting, um, collecting data, et cetera. And I would pick up my cameras on the weekend, just shooting, just shooting. Um, at that time, I was working at Complex Magazine doing digital advertising. And um, at that time, also, street style was like very popular. So at that time, I was shooting a lot of street style. Um, and then I shot my first wedding. Um, so during this time at Complex, um, I was still trying to figure out what style of photography I kind of wanted to do. Um, but then nothing really stuck with me. Nothing really was passionate with me. Um, so then fast forward, I then started working at BET. BET is located in Times Square. Um, Times Square is full of ads. Um, all the ads that you see, you know, it's all full of bright lights. So and that's when I kind of started paying more attention to those ads. And there was one particular ad, I don't know what it was about this ad, but there was one particular ad that really stood out to me. It was a Fruit of the Loom ad by a photographer named Ty Milford. And once I discovered who it was, that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. But again, I still didn't, it wasn't a confirmation or it wasn't anything that said I wanted to be a full-time photographer at that moment. It was just, that's the lane I wanted to, that I chose that I wanted to kind of pursue. Um, so, and then I started, uh, you know, starting to develop my work in that light and that realm of lifestyle advertising. Um, but during this time of me, you know, developing my, my style of photography, working at BET, um, I wasn't satisfied with my career choice. I was, it was becoming very redundant. Um, everything, every day started to be blended in together and like I was just existing and I wasn't really living. So uh, then I fast forward to after BET, I started working for this company, Spin Media, which is on Spin Magazine, Vibe Magazine, et cetera. There's like a lot of other sub magazines under Spin Media. Um, and again, I was still very frustrated that my job wasn't, you know, filling my soul or wasn't doing anything for me internally. I was making great money, but at that point it didn't matter. So I was fed up one day. I had like a mental breakdown. Um, and I remember me, like, I don't cry often, but this one day, I don't know what happened specifically, but I remember me just getting on a train, going back to Brooklyn and like literally crying from the entire, from the moment I sat on the train to the moment I walked into my house, I was just like bawling. Um, and at that time I decided to quit my job. I wrote a letter 
um, saying effective immediately, I am um, leaving the company. I apologize if this caused any convenience, dot, dot, dot. Um, so even then, I still didn't know. I, I mean, I wanted to pursue photography at that point. I was like, you know what? I know that this job I can easily get again if I need to, um, because ad operations is a revolving door. Every company is always looking for ad operations team. So um, I knew that I could get that job easy. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to, I moved to Brazil for about three months. No, actually one month. It turned into three, but I'll tell you about that. One month. And then um, I was, I was going to figure it out. I had a couple thousand saved in the bank account. I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. So I moved to Brazil um, for a month. And I started shooting. And at that time, I kind of created like this, this uh i wouldn't say say hashtag but i just always use this phrase called happy black people that was like what i always went to capture happy black people um so i was shooting in brazil i would meet people random people on the beach i would shoot 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 and then i met these two girls who actually were from new york and we started talking and i shot them and she was like you know what you should uh, apply for travel noir travel noir is looking for photographers for their group trips um and I applied and I actually got it. And they were shooting in Brazil. Um, so that's a long story. But I think the answer to your question is the moment that I realized that I, like this is what I wanted to do is kind of like when I got hired from tr- my first official job, getting hired at Travel Noir to shoot their group trips. I was like, they, they saw my vision. They loved my personality. They loved what I stood for. And they wanted to, you know, bring me on board. So that was the moment I was like, yeah, I could possibly do this. That's that's dope. Shifting gears a little bit, thinking about, right, like potential inspiration. What is your experience as an LGBTQ plus creative in the visual art space and in photography? Um, my experience in creating, um, I don't, luckily we live in a world that exists where I don't think my LGBT or me being gay has anything to do with my art or uh, my approach or just me, because I've always been steadfast on the idea of I'm Andre first. I'm a man first, second, I'm black. And then there's other things that comes before the fact that I'm gay. Um, Like, I'm very proud of myself and I don't hide from myself, but I don't also want that to hinder anything for me because a lot of times when we put titles on certain things, it immediately puts them in a box. Like I don't want to be the gay photographer. I want to be the photographer who happened to be gay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So in terms of like, the question was like, how, how has it inspired my experience or how has it, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, what's your experience like just being right? And I I love because it's the same thing. Like I look at myself as a as a professional, right? As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, not I, I look at myself as that first. Like I don't take away my exactly. black identity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's not exactly. like it's not like, hey, I'm this black like I am, but like I'm a human mm. first. And then what that does too, sometimes, and especially again, in this day and age, then you kind of sometimes get hired for the wrong thing. You're not getting hired for your, 
creativity, you're getting hired to fill a box. And I never kind of want to be hired to fill a box. I want to be hired for what I bring to the table. Um, And it could work for me. It could work against me. Um, But in my mind, you know, I just, I always want to present myself as Andre first, as a black man second, and as a photographer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think that encapsulates, like, it gives me an idea. It gives, you know, everybody that will be listening uh, an idea of your experience as how, not only how you identify and what your priorities are in your identity and not to say one thing is less than the other, but like yep. you want to be seen for the value of your work, not for necessarily, not that you're hiding from the communities that and the cultures that you're a part of. But the work mm-hmm. is more important. But what I'm, that's, that, I think that what, that's dope. What I'm also finding out, though, is that we also live in a, a day and time where, unfortunately, the images that I produce doesn't speak for itself. I have to present myself as a full package, which means that I kind of have to let people know more about me versus just what I produce. Um, because people, of course, people want to hire who they like. So I have no problem being like, because I'm always authentically me. And I consider myself a very pleasant person, but they want to, they want a full package. Just like, you know, how artists today, you just can't be a good singer no more. You gotta, you have to look a certain way. You have to have a certain amount of followers. You have to have this, that, and a third. And it takes, sometimes it takes away from the art, which is frustrating. But in this day and time, like you kind of have to do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just an interesting time where, you know, you kind of just have to adapt if you want to succeed, um, or you have to, you know, kind of alter your expectations. Are there any, you know, LGBTQ creative or entrepreneurial figures in visual art and photography that influence your work and and has, have influenced your, your journey and your path? Um, in terms of the style of work that I produce, to be honest, no. The funny thing is the, the photographer who, and the ad, the campaign was actually Fruit of the Loom, but the photographer who shot that, he's actually a white man. <laughs> um, but luckily enough, when I reached out to him, he was very gracious and kind to give me feedback and not just like a one word or two sentence, you know, email response. He really answered all of my questions that I had. And from that point, we've established a great relationship. And I consider him like, a mentor in my head. I mean, I don't speak to him as often, but he definitely kind of helped me out a lot with um, understanding the business of photography. But in terms of um, anybody that's like LGBTQ, a creative that I looked up to or got inspired from, to be honest, not really. Um, I don't, I mean, I look at photography all day, every day, and I look at different photographers. I'm looking at just imagery all day, and I don't really know if some of these people will be considered, you know, LGBTQ. So I really can't answer that question. Even when I do reach out to some of these photographers, like a lot of 99% of the conversation is just around, around photography, whether it's imagery or the business. Um, So I never got to the point where I've established a great relationship where they're able to, you know, disclose that information to me. Um, I mean, I've had drinks with people. So it's been kind of like, somewhat on the surface where our relationships stem from um everything is on the surface and it's just business but um but yeah what does june and pride mean to you 
if anything. What does June and pride mean to me? <laughs> um, I'm glad that we have a month that celebrates any group of people that are underrepresented. So I'm appreciative of that. But then I'm also have a I, I raised eyebrow at the fact that a lot of these people are very selective with who they want to uh, highlight for underrepresented communities. For instance, like you said, there weren't a lot of things for African-American, I mean, um, Black History Month, but, you know, Pride Month, it's universal, but Black History Month is just like, it's very selective. So again, me being Andre first, Black second, you know, I look at things through two different lenses and I'm always like questioning things like, okay, thank you. I appreciate this, but what about February or just in general, what about 365? Like sometimes why do we have to, you know, dedicate only a month just to be highlighted or to be talked about or to, you know, have people come together for the good causes of whatever underrepresented group is being highlighted for that particular time. So I'm always, it's, it's always a touchy subject for me. Um, I don't know. So I, to, be, to be honest, I don't know how I feel about June being Pride Month and, you know, what it does for me personally. This is Inspiration Narrative, an Age of the Creative original. <laughs> 